0: When Kevin and I discussed doing this talk, you know, I think obviously out there we're dropping a lot of amazing products, we're doing a lot of amazing releases, but without this, without this shit right here, this fucking sweat box, culture, information, education, all that shit is just commodities. This here, this is the reason why we love what we do. This is why the stories happen. This is the storytelling behind the products. This is what makes everything so special and so dope and why people line up, why people resell, why people pay crazy prices for this stuff. This is the reason, y'all right here in this room, is the reason why it all happens. Now, with that being said, reselling has become a multi-billion dollar industry, all right? And there's a lot of players in this industry. And what I wanted to do when I created this talk was get you all facets of this industry. So without further ado, let's bring out our illustrious and esteemed guests. Josh Luber, founder of StockX. Arun, the CEO of Grails. The unique hype OG Ma is in the building. Leo Rodriguez, head of sales of Adidas, North America, Northeast, come on in. What up, sir? Grab a seat. What's up? What's up? Bow down to the queen. This is my seat. So actually, you two take this one. Yeah. Grab a mic, grab a mug, let me get my mug. Oh, this is my mug, okay. These are drinks for you guys. All right, so we're going to get this party started. So one of the things that I wanted to do, um, as you can see, by the way, we we clean the floors real well, so if you want to have a seat on the floor, feel free. Um, but what we did here is, like, if you guys have ever been to a talk, like a TED Talk or anything like that, uh, you'll notice that it's usually like a stage, an elevated platform or something like that. What I want to do was create almost like a conference room vibe, you know? So this is the meeting table. This is the conference table that we're at. We're just having a meeting. You guys are in attendance of this meeting. I didn't think all of you would show up. This many would show up, but you guys are in attendance of this meeting, and I want to have a conversation with you guys. So definitely, we're gonna have a audience Q and A after this. After we get to know these guys and and how they've come along in their path, um, so let's get it started, man. So I'll start over here on my left. Josh Lubert, give us uh, each of us just give us a quick, real quick bio of who you are and how you came to be what you're what you're doing today.
1: Luck. Luck. Fuck, right? Luck. <laughs> oh, luck. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, I thought you said luck. fuck. <laughs> no, no, luck. You look, like, like sneakers and you get lucky. No, uh, um, Yeah, um, so I run a company called StockX. You gotta I, hold I do this the, all you, the time. Is this hold on? Hold mic up, yeah. Michael, on like this. I do this. I get to speak all over the world, all different places, and there's probably no room in the entire world that I could speak in that probably is knows us better, so thank you. Um, yeah. This is just awesome to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I intentionally avoided... Uh, doing anything in my life that had to do with sneakers and I almost like intentionally separated business and passion in my life and I don't think that it's um, I don't think it's coincidence that the one that has been most successful in all the startups I've started is one that I finally merged my personal passion with business and um, I think that says a lot about not only StockX but all the people that work at StockX we're at about 470 people uh, and hiring nonstop. that's the only reason I do anything is recruiting we're hiring everybody so (laughs) come on in you have, you have applications in the front of the room? Fuck
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, Arun. Hey, guys. Uh, so I'm Arun. A um, little bit about me. Um, I started Grailed uh, about four or five years ago, um, and... Uh, you know, pretty typical. I think probably like a lot of you guys in this room came up in middle school wearing like Abercrombie and Hollister and shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> went <to> <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. Um, you know, went to college was wearing like J. Crew and like Gant Rugger. Um, and then probably like some of you guys here, I was on like Style Forum and Super Future and Style Zeitgeist, uh, buying and selling shit. You know, trying to afford things that I uh, were way out of my price range. And uh, after doing that for like a year or two, I decided to start a website that would sort of aggregate all of those things together so I could finally buy a pair of Visibim SB, FBTs that I always wanted. Um, so I started Grailed and, you know, I was actually in San Francisco when I first started and nobody gave a shit about clothes in San Francisco or fashion. Um, and then after moving to they New York... still don't
1: really. It's just all birds, right?
2: They're trying. <laughs> it's all It's not going well. Um, it's so funny. All like the finance and like VC people I meet. Uh, no comment. Um... But yeah, moved to New York and pretty quickly found an awesome community of people here. You know, high pieces Headquarters, or there's a big office here. Um, you know, a lot of people in the New York fashion scene have definitely embraced us with open arms, and we've been able to uh, take root and grow. And uh, we're just really lucky, I think, to be here. So, thank you. All right, next up.
3: Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. I am uh, from Uni High Collection. Woo. Uni High Collection the pie is uh, is Uh, everything, is, Uh, everything honest. No, no website. No, no online. Yeah.
4: Wow.
0: This is this is her nephew. So I'm
5: Brian. I'm her nephew. I guess I'm lucky here to be here today because the only reason I'm here is because of her. <laughs> so I've been with her for. I'm 26. I've been with her all my life and. There's opportunity, we want to thank Jeff for bringing us, uh, us on board and recognizing that Unique Hype is one of the biggest resale shops here in New York. I think we started from the very bottom when nobody believed in what we did. We collected Supreme, uh, and now we're one of the biggest curators for Supreme. And that's, we're really proud of Unique Hype as a whole, and we'd just want, like to thank Jeff one more time for being here.
0: Thank you. All right, Mr. Rodriguez.
4: Alrighty, I'm Leo Rodriguez, and uh, yeah. I'll uh, <laughs> say three strikes in the house. All I want to say I is wore I, these for you, by the you way. Didn't? Thank yeah. you, thank you. Those are amazing. I'm just so <laughs> excited to be here next to OG Mike. <laughs> this is surreal. It's awesome because, like, uh, we started off in the uh, in the resale game actually. Um, me and oh, my wow. brother is just running around, um, very organic, um, a true New York story. Uh, then transitioned into um, uh, buying gigs for major chains, then Puma North America marketing, uh, and now uh, sales for the Northeast uh, for Adidas. So um, really happy to be here, thank you. Yeah. Right? Um, and really excited, yeah, cool. thanks. All right,
0: let's hop, let's hop right into it because I do wanna let the audience speak as well on this. But Josh, real quick, and I wanna, I'm gonna ask everyone the same question. Everyone here knows, like this, we don't need to give a dissertation on, like, this is why people resell goods. Like, every, all of you know why. So give us the current state, how you see it. What's the state of resell right now today?
1: Uh, Acceptance. um, You know, for, 33 years, um, the brand and the primary market has had a willful blindness policy towards the secondary market. Everything they do created it uh, and they benefited from it, Nike and Jordan in particular, right? 33 years dating back to 85 and the first Jordans. Um, and you know, for us, I started working on the business that became StockX in early 2012, and the conversation I'd have with the brands in 2012 were, ooh, this is really cool, we should do something. And then the second conversation would be, oh, you know what, this is the resale market, like maybe I better talk to my boss. And then the third conversation was total silence, no returning phone calls, no returning emails, just like totally ghosted. And I get it, like I totally get why that's happened, but the tenor of the conversation today between the primary and secondary markets is the same way that has evolved in ticketing, which is that almost everybody at this point understands it's not going anywhere. It's a massive part of the market itself. So let's all figure out how to work together as opposed to uh, combat against each other.
0: Right, you mentioned ticketing as a good example. Like, when I was growing up trying to get Nick tickets, you had to go to the shady guy outside of MSG and like hope that he wasn't an undercover cop and get arrested. And now there's StubHub.com, which is essentially that guy but privatized, you know?
1: And and StubHub is the official resale marketplace of Major League Baseball, right? Yeah. That's not like a company that they, they said, oh, we'll just let them go. They created a partnership. That's right. literally like, like StockX being the official resale marketplace of Nike or of Adidas. And we'll talk later about that, right? <laughs> right? But, like, that is that is 100% what happens, and ticketing did it first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: Arun, what, how do you see resale and, and the culture of just, you know, marking up dollars on, like, clothing and your your model is a little bit different because like
2: you deal directly with like the consumers right yeah definitely um i see resale in two main areas i think the stuff that josh josh is totally right about acceptance and how um the culture of buying stuff for retail and, and scarcity and selling it for higher prices definitely was really frowned upon uh to start out with and the parallel with ticketing is like totally spot on Um, and now it's become more and more acceptance. I think when when I say two areas, I think that's one specific piece of it, where it's like, let me cop these sneakers at retail, you know, let me Get uh, lucky on the Adidas uh, app or, or what have you, uh, and then sell them, uh, you know, for a markup. And then there's also the other aspect of retail where people are just kind of getting rid of fashion or like, they're trying to like exchange fashion amongst yeah. each other. So like, there's Balenciaga resale, there's you know, CDG resale, there's VisVim resale, there's you know, Robert Geller resale. And that stuff isn't selling a lot of it for more than it sold at retail. Some of it's selling for less, some of it's selling for half. Some of it is selling for more. But I think the clothing resale is completely different than yeah. the sneaker resale. Um, and they're both really exciting. And I think that um, if I could say one thing about the hype resale, uh, where you know people are like, "Oh, fuck you for buying this," uh, maybe I shouldn't have curse. Um, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, where you know people are buying stuff at retail and then selling it for more. I think you know it's basically just capitalism, right? It's like you know if you aren't standing in line and getting access to this stuff, then if you can sell it at six hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, like somebody else can buy it who wouldn't have been able to buy it before. If you think about no secondary market existing, then once it sells out of retail, like, that shit's gone. Um, yeah. And that kind of sucks too, you know? So, like, love them or hate them, like, resellers are here for a reason. Yeah. It, just, sorry, real quick, if there's
1: one thing that we think StockX is about, it's about access. It's that point, right? It's access. It's not even things that are hyped. It's the things that came out two, three, four years ago that just aren't there anymore. It's access.
0: So with with fashion more so than footwear, there's almost, like, a sustainability thing happening, right? Where it's, like, it's almost accepted now that you can get spring 19 of this
2: collection and then like almost trade it out for like fall 19. Totally. Um, Which is super cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a couple things going on there. You know, one, it's a lot easier to spend $1,000 on on a leather jacket if you realize that you can resell it for $1,000 as well, you know, six months later. Um, And then also, I think the parallel with music is pretty cool. Like when you listen to music, you don't just listen to the music that came out this year. You listen to music for the past like, I don't know, 50 years. And, like, when I shop Saint Laurent, I don't shop current season Saint Laurent. I shop Saint Laurent from when Eddie was designing Saint Laurent. Uh Um, And that's true with, like, all kinds of designers, um, you know, from different eras. So it's very cool to be able to access back catalog in that way.
0: Out of curiosity, what is the percentage between, like, fashion versus footwear for Grilled? I think footwear is probably less than 20% of what we sell. Okay, so it's very, very fashion-focused. All right, cool. Okay, so... um, I want to hear the state of the resale environment from your perspective.
5: Sure. So I'll speak on her behalf. I think. Hold the mic close. Sure. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I'll speak on her behalf. I think resale is always going to be there, it's not going anywhere, and it's never going to die. Coming from her experience, we all know she's an immigrant and that shit is in our blood. We're always going to hustle, we're always going to resell. And we want every single penny, you know? We we want to make that money. That's the business mindset. You go to Canal Street and these Asian people are going to hustle you. They're going to want every single last penny. So resell is always going to be there. That's the culture and what we bring to Chinatown and and resell is it's just I think it's top-notch and we curate limited goods. We want to be able to give people access to the product the same day yet they might have missed at the store on the Thursdays every Thursday at 11 so that's why we're still here and that's why I think it's been so successful we started from a little shop down in the mall Elizabeth Center and now we're at a bigger shop and it's just gonna keep going and keep going
0: are you guys yourselves fans of the culture or are you like is it just the money and it's okay if it's just the money
5: no, it's not, it's not just the money. She's been she's been collecting Supreme for so long. Like, before. she actually
0: really authentically loves Supreme. Absolutely.
5: I mean, she's got pieces that people don't even know about. You know, <laughs> it's crazy because now we see every little kid coming in here is like, oh, I need the latest BOGO. I need the box logo. But she's...
3: I like the BOGO. I like the BOGO. BOGO. The Uni High Collision store open is a long time ago. It's a multi years ago. Everything for retail price. My bum mm-hmm. of people or Supreme Online, so Supreme Store. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What's her, what's
0: her favorite Supreme piece that she owns? Uh, this one? The LV one?
3: Only Boxer local. Only Boxer local. <laughs> Boxer <tape. laughs> <laughs> You ask people. Everybody like that.
4: <laughs> cool. and I would agree with that. I mean... We we've been shopping there since we were kids. You have too. Yeah, like yeah. all of us as brothers we've yeah,
3: been shopping there. Yeah. up
4: spots. So you on? <laughs> She's She's like, like in the mall in Elizabeth like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. She has a crazy collection. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, how about from you from like if, you know, from the corporate hat if you will, like how do you guys as a company see reselling?
4: Um, I would say in my opinion, right? Okay, your um, opinion first. In my opinion, right? My opinion, it's a flattering metric, right? A flattering metric that, you know, we as a company put out a really great product that um, everyone craves and desires, right? It's also a good metric in terms of, like, the streets and connecting the cultures, connecting the kids, that we actually put out a product that, that connects with them emotionally, um, so for us, like we respect it, we know that it, it exists, right? Yeah. Um, but it's about the culture, and it's you know it, it's about the end consumer. Right. Okay.
0: So you're a fan of it personally, but that's sort of like the Adidas angle on it as well. Yeah, it is. It is. Is there is there a notion that companies in general that this is a
4: fad that will eventually disappear and like the bubble will burst on reselling? I would say, in my opinion, in you know in terms of the resale um, market. I would say it comes in cycles, right? Sometimes Uh it's hotter, you can get more of a premium price point, and then it actually tapers off, right? Um, Are we in a hot,
0: lukewarm, or cold mode right now? We're
4: probably lukewarm on a way down trending, and that's my opinion on the resale market. This is not an Adidas point of view on the resale market. Okay, good. That's good. Now I want to hear your... Is
0: it
1: same, lukewarm on a downtrend? (laughs) 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 It It is for Adidas. It is for Yeezy, Ooh. for sure. And that's not a. It's not a dish. That's that's math. That's like that's math, right? And
4: I walked into that one, right? <laughs> I set you up for that. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Look. Thank right you,
1: right, Last year, last year, uh, Adidas made up about sixty percent of the resale market, and right wow. now, in 2018, year to date, it's about thirty percent, and that's just math, right? And and a lot of that is off white. A lot of that is that. It, it, and that's a it's a dollars <laughs> number, right? That's only stock only X. Stock X. So the stock X market and that gauge that,
0: that, that you use only consists of the shoes sold on it, it doesn't reflect the market as a whole. Well, it
1: reflects the stock X Yeah, let him, let him answer the question. So is, is, so that that's true. The the numbers that you see on stock X are on stock X, right? But the size of stock X at this point is pretty, um, I think, um, pretty emblematic of, of the market as a whole. Right, um, and so uh, so for us, and, and the numbers you can take it whatever asterisk you want of whether it's the market as a whole or stock X, but off white Yeezys uh, being restocked and pushing the price down has led to Adidas being about thirty percent of the market. And by the way, that could then change and we go the other way as, yeah. as off-white becomes more supply and, and Yeezys maybe go back and, and more Pharrell's get released like the ones you're wearing, right? Like those things ebb and flow, but right now
2: I think they're, they're going a little that
1: way.
0: How do you see it overall in your market?
2: Um, Well, I think, you know, the hype term is, like, really accurate. You know, like, you talk about uh, Adidas being popular last year and Nike being popular this year. I mean, it's obviously Yeezys and Off-White, right? Like, that's what's driving the whole thing. So this market is, like, a very fad-based market. So when you talk about whether it's hot or lukewarm, I think it's hot right now for sure. I mean, like, you guys are living in it, right? Does it feel hot? Like, (laughs) I think so. Um, So, you know, but it's cyclical, right? Like, Adidas is down this year in resale, but, like, in terms of revenue, like, primary, like, I don't know. Um, you know like maybe restocking more and like having higher inventory is better for their bottom line than you know having the scarcity um, yeah I know Supreme is uh, stocking more now than they ever have before how have you seen so,
0: Supreme on your site now
2: I mean it's becoming commoditized right like it used to be rare there used to be more than just the box logo it used to people used to care about like the motion logos or like the Morden Salt tees or like the Muhammad Ali Superman Um, uh, but now people are like give me box logos just like she's saying uh huh um, and it's just, all the prices are coming down yeah um And like, it's interesting to think, you know, like what happens when we reach an equilibrium where Supreme resells at retail on the resale market or resells for less than retail on the resale market. I mean, you see people like stocking up on stuff uh, after drop day and then they can't move it because they're trying to get two 6X markups. Like we saw something interesting happen last fall winter season um, with the BOGO hoodies where people would buy them and then they're trying to get like $1,000 for them and they just weren't moving. But, you know, if they try to get $600 for them, they'll move like that. So there's something to be said for a market regulator coming in and setting prices. There's something to be said for letting people find their own market prices. Um, there's something to be said for constricting supply, primary supply. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the
0: age-old question of resale is about supply versus demand, right? And um, I wanted to get uh, Matt Matt from uh, the, the NP, the National Footwear, you know, publication on here because he thinks that, like you know, once you increase the supply, nobody wants that good anymore, right? And I wanna ask you guys, um, recently Supreme, highly publicized deal where they became valued at a billion dollar corporation. And in doing that, they had to increase their output, increase their sales, increase availability. Have you guys seen a change ever since that news happened?
5: I don't think so. I personally think that Supreme, the Supreme market is still there uh-huh. and it's still very strong. Clearly, half of the people in this room is wearing Supreme and there will never be enough. So I can understand that there are a business and a business model always grows. But when something something grows this big, I still don't think that they're, they're at their peak. Mm. I still think that there's a lot of people out there that can't get their hands on Supreme. So yeah. for them to be expanding and having a billion-dollar investment or what they're worth, I think it's still good for us as a resale shop, and the demand is still, still, pretty, still pretty much there, and we're always going to believe in it, just like we did 10 years ago and 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- these two guys have different ways of sort of calculating how the goods are, right? How do you guys calculate when you get a good in? Like, is it just your experience and gut reaction, or do you have like a – a spreadsheet or some sort of mathematical equation? How do you price it?
5: We're old school, you know. These guys got computers. We got registers. We got, <laughs> they got inventory and we got notebooks. Wow. So, you know, a lot of the inventory is in her head. I asked her, do you have this piece? And she'll tell me yes. And, you know, I, I wouldn't know. It's crazy. And, you know, I think with their analytics, they're very high tech. They got computers. And for us, we, we own every single thing we have. So, right? You we, bought it at retail. We or, we, yeah. we own everything. It's not a consignment. It's not a third party. It never trickles down. It's just ours. So whether or not we think the market is doing well for certain products, we're still gonna believe in it because we invested. I think at the end of the day, we're going to keep the inventory and let it sit, whether instead of you know selling it at a loss like most people do for say on like Stock X and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I gotta ask, when did she first appear on the Instagram? Like, what what was the decision that went into, like, you're gonna be the model? Honestly,
5: when Instagram first came out, I was begging her to create an Instagram. She told me, no, I like this little small shop in Elizabeth Center. And with that being said, I still did that shit anyways. (laughs) I think once she started Realizing how big of a platform and how powerful social media is, she was more accept, accepting of the fact that now she's gonna, you know, post more pictures of, of herself and this actually helps the business. Yeah. So obviously business is good you know so so and more, she's happy when business is she's happy she's happy she takes instagram so seriously so for you guys to leave comments about oh fuck ojima this and that she takes it to heart she's reading them. she's <laughs> reading them she's on instagram more than she is outside on the floor so i want you guys to be kind to her you know she's she's taking it really seriously she'll she'll message me at 1 a.m she's like i saw this person. Saying something to me on Instagram. What What is this person trying to say? You know, and I was like, relax. I think she. I think this person just meant that you were fucking fire, like your outfit. <laughs> so, so,
0: what does the flame emoji
5: mean?
3: Yeah, what does <laughs> it's it mean? A good
5: thing. It's a good thing. <laughs>
3: wow. People so that people right now looking for everything OG, OG busy local, OG something. This is 2018, the price, shopping market, no good, I think. The price goes down so fast. In 2016 to 2017, the price is good. So everybody buys shopping. 2018, 2018 people only make money. Uh-huh. The price is up. See that is, something. The so came out one hour, two hours, the price is is it one hour, two hour, something? We This one day, and on we retail, Is it? They sell maybe. Not make money for the. I two just hours. want to make sure
0: they can understand what she's saying. Can you help just clarify what she said? I think to clarify,
5: she about stock X, particularly. Oh, I don't. Th- <laughs> 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 We don't have anything against StockX, but what we do find, you know, like terrible about this market is people will come to a shop and say, Whoa, the price is so expensive, why don't I just buy it on StockX? You know, and I feel like that's, that and people have the option to do that. But you know, you wait two weeks and it gets all dedicated whereas people come to our shop and they can pick it up the same day mm-hmm. so that's kind of who we're catering to the people who want first access to the product less so the people who's willing to wait and say oh maybe i can get it under retail or whatnot. you know yeah. so it's just a little option a option b but we don't have any you know that, yeah, and and terrible feelings about the the brand Yeah, itself, yeah and,
1: and we we not only acknowledge that, but we like that. Like, that person wants to pay for that premium to walk out that store with it, to have it that day, to, to feel it and touch it and go out there, 100%, right? Like, we recognize that, and it's also one of the reasons why we're, we're not going to have a, a store where we sell that. We don't own the product, right? We're just a marketplace that, that connects people. That's our business. Your business will always exist. In some form for sneakers, for streetwear, etc., and yeah, and some people are willing to pay a premium for it. It happens in sneakers too. It's consignment yeah. shops.
4: It,
1: it's a it's an online marketplace. It, it's it's an evolution of eBay.
0: We'll get we'll get to audience Q and A in a second. Let's just finish up one last point. So I want to get to your point. Sorry, Chris. (laughs) But with with, recap with us your experience of like how it was like when the first Yeezys dropped and you know the progression of where that's taken. Like, how was it living through that?
4: Wow, it was uh, pretty amazing. Actually, when the first Yeezys dropped, I wasn't at Adidas. Okay. It was the um, uh, 750s, Uh right? That dropped during All Star weekend. Yeah. Right? So that was just insane. Yeah. Insane. I was at All-Star Weekend, yeah. Um, but it, w- it was insane because of, you know, no one knew where where to buy them yeah. Or how. It was just a very obscure drop, and now from that drop leading into now, where it's like such a huge um, part of the business and the market, it's right. It's insane, right? Right. And how do you feel now that, like,
0: there's talk of, you know, increased quantities and all that stuff? Is it just part of doing business? It's, it's inevitable?
4: No, I don't think it's part of doing business. It's not the way that we see it. I think we see it, and I was say in my opinion, right, again, Um, as being democratic, right? Yeah. Um, Being democratic um, and giving access, right, to the kids actually, or the opportunity to to buy the shoes, to buy the product, um, as opposed to joining, you know, some raffle and and not winning, taking L's consistently. Um, So us, it's it's about inclusion, right? So it's it's a conscious effort to be democratic in terms of the way that we release product.
0: Yeah. All right.
4: I want to open it up to audience
0: Q&A. I feel like we're gonna to have to manage this somehow. <laughs> but uh, we have a mic runner somewhere. Where is the mic runner? Can you wave so we know where you are? Because we want the entire audience to be able to hear your question. Where's the mic runner? Mic runner, mic runner. He's like scared. All right, let's go with questions. Let's raise your hand if you wanna ask a question. Front row, right here. I'll run. It, I'll run it to you. This is going to be hard for the mic runner.
5: Hi. Uh, this is a question um, for, I guess, mostly for for Josh, uh, but everyone can answer. Um, I'm curious to find out about the increased financialization of streetwear, and especially like, are people trying to, you know, do things like short sneakers or like create derivatives? Like, what is the future of like the financial instruments connected to sneakers and fashion.
2: Yeah.
1: So today StockX is a marketplace. Our goal and our business is to connect buyers and sellers for the purpose of buying or selling sneakers, streetwear, watches, handbags. But that's a 100% what happens. Like StockX is an actual stock market. It's not a marketing gimmick. That's not a, you know, a, a slogan. And so, yeah, you know, we did one of these. When we did the LeBron uh, uh, Air Zoom Generation release last January with the Cavs court in the ring and that whole box, that was a real IPO. People bought and sold that without ever taking possession. So that's like true commodities trading. That's like oil futures and like, we don't do that at scale yet, but we will. We absolutely will. But not today, right? Today, we have a, a core business. All right. I'll just give you. I'll, I'll let
0: you ask only because I don't know where the mic runner is, and I want people to hear your question. Okay.
4: Uh, this is for OG Ma. What's the what's the end goal? What's the retirement? What's 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 the end of everything? Like, what's your goal? Yeah, are you going to retire? Are you going to hand <laughs> off your business to your son?
3: You want to take this one? the okay. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So, I've asked her this myself. I've always wondered. And for anyone who has ever traveled into our shop, everybody knows she's never closed and she's always there. So, I say, Ojima, when are you taking vacation? She said, never. So, I think the end goal for her is not so much about the money, it's more about working towards, you know, she likes seeing all her normal clients, and them coming in to her saying hi. Oh, I want this, I want that. She likes that relationship, and she's always gonna be enjoying that, so.
0: Supreme island one day. (laughs) Just buy an island. (laughs) Supreme island. All right, who's got another question? I wanna try to go in the, okay, they're all in the front, all right. This lady here, in the purple. Oh, you're gonna get a mic.
5: Me?
2: I just wanted to ask Josh, so you said that Yeezys are kind of over or they're going over. So what would you say if you had to recommend maybe two or three things to be watching now that are going to be hitting?
1: So certainly Yeezys are not over. Don't, <laughs> so don't let decline. me. D- you
2: said on the decline. Right?
1: I'm glad he answered that that way. <laughs> yes. Yeezys are not over. Yeezys are not but over.
2: On the decline. So uh, I'm just curious, what's the new fad?
1: They still sell more, right? It's just as a dollar amount, because when Adidas puts out so many more pairs, the, the price goes down, which may be good, and it may be more people are, are, are able to buy them. Um, but we're a marketplace, right? Like we're, we're not the blogs, we're not predicting prices, we're not you know, driving hype, we're just the, the, the conduit to do that and allow it to come to a, to a fair market price. At the end of the day, the brands drive supply, and that's going to be the biggest dictator of it, right? But, like, clearly, off-light continues to come out, and that, from a dollar standpoint, like, that's where, like, most of the dollars are coming right now. So you
2: guys aren't seeing anything new that we don't know about right now that are kind of hitting? StockX is
1: about transparency. <laughs> you can see everything that we can see from a from a data standpoint. It, it's all be right there. you studying the market yeah, yeah.
2: a little bit. Or maybe Arun, yeah. you might be studying the market a little bit. I'm yeah. just curious. I, I think what you're talking about is new stuff coming out, right? And I think that... Um, StockX trades off of things that are established, uh, things that have set market prices, that have a lot of inventory, um, and a lot of transactions happening, so you can set a market price. Um, something like Grail does a little bit more, you know, talking to designers and seeing, like, what's coming next, you know, and, like, getting more like exclusive-type inventory. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I actually think what you get in accuracy with StockX, you actually get better trend
0: reporting right. with Grail, because if you've ever gone to, like, a, a Buffalo Exchange, or like, what's the other one? Um, the other New York City one, Crossroads. Like whatever you see, that's that they're accepting. What Crossroads or those people want. That's what's really trending, you know what I mean. So they yeah. probably have a better barometer. Grailed
2: is a reflection of the market, right? We don't yeah. set uh, SKUs or, or you know inventory. You know, we don't say you have to sell this or at this price or anything like that. You know, right. we're like anything you. want, Well, we curate, but you know, we're like anything that's worth selling, we'll take. Um, so we have everything from you know vintage banties to you know, I mean, Grateful Dead stuff to like Acne, APC denim, like you know Saint Laurent, Balenciaga, like you know, I don't know, weird designers like um, like mastermind in Japan, not that they're weird, but, um, you know, just esoteric shit, you know, like, we have, we have everything, yeah. um, so, you know, it's more of a reflection of the market. Cool. I think there was a, I want to get this young lady over here, if
0: possible, sorry, Taylor, to make you run. Can i I'll
5: just, just add on, on about I'll, Yeezys, I'll Jeff? What? Can I, can I just add on about Yeezys Yes, please, quick? give your comment I, on Yeezys. we don't think Yeezys is dying. We think a lot of people come into OG's shop, "Hey, do you carry Yeezys?" A lot of the time, we we tell them we don't. But I think it's the fact that now they're more widely available, which is why, you know, we see a lot more people with them less so more people asking for them. But we have, you know, we we have when you know stock quantity, I think that says a lot about the shoe itself and how crazy the market is for the shoe. We have now nowadays we have, you know, barber shops transcending the, the market and elevating the experience. Shout out to twelve pel And you know, providing limited Yeezys that are, you know, three, four months early and we have a
4: lot at of a people. At a barber shop?
5: At a barber shop, twelve pal. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know?
4: I, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question over here. Hi my question is for Aaron because um, I'm a female reseller. I sell both vintage and also sometimes like easy apparel, whatever. I saw that growth has now done heroin and I wanted to know what prompted that like separation and that entity and also what is the future of that and also I think there should have been a representation for that in this panel but that's just me so just wondering.
0: A representation what? of what?
4: Of heroin. For heroin. Oh. Yeah,
2: so yeah, what, I mean and also just talk about female reselling as a whole too. Totally. I I think the female market is super interesting. Um, So the reason why we did heroin was because we had a lot of women on the Grail platform who were like, hey, why don't we have a space for this? Why aren't you guys encouraging us? Like, please make a Grail for women. And I think the reason why we decided to make a separate website, you know, very contentious decision, even internally in the company, um, was that Grailed is always about community. You know, it's about style. It's about style journeys. It's about, you know, discovering new brands, discovering new pieces, and, like, really being more able to express how you feel on the inside through what you wear on the outside feeling comfortable and like confident in your clothes um, but it really is about this like sense of community that people come together on Grail to sort of like discuss this stuff and like access pieces um, and I think what we really wanted was to create a separate space where heroin could sort of form and like develop its own brand identity its own community um, of itself and I think attaching it to Grailed would have just, like, made it harder to grow. Yeah. from Not from, like, a, a dollar's perspective, but from, like, a style and, like, a brand perspective. And that's what's important to us, you know? That's what we care about, giving people a space to sort of, like, create and, like, make that their own community. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we're super proud of Heroin and, like, what yeah. it's doing right now. It's pretty... Uh, it's pretty industry-specific, you know. It's like very vintage and fashiony. You know, it's like Alia dresses and like you know, I don't know, specific, very specific designers. So it's a little esoteric, but you know, there's a lot of cool inventory on there, and uh, there's a vibrant community that's like forming and developing.
4: For sure, I actually love it, so no shade. I, love it. I can find like vintage and like use wear, so good job with that. But thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, any other questions? Let's do this one sitting down right here, front row.
4: This question is for Josh. Um, with the amount of volume you guys receive for uh, shoes and everything, how easy or hard is it to authenticate everything? All
0: right, I'll, I'll repeat that just in case people didn't hear. He asked about how easy or hard is it to authenticate sneakers?
1: Yeah, uh, our largest team in our entire company is the operations team and, and the authenticators. Um, we, we, I think our, we have uh, 60 or 70 sneaker authenticators at this point. And we'll probably double or, or triple that um, as fast as we can. right? And, and that's to, to fulfill that. Um, at scale, um, it's a really efficient process. But every single person has to be trained. And it takes at least 90 days to get a single sneaker authenticator up and running. And then it becomes a hierarchy process and mentorship. And there's a whole lot that goes into it. And so you have people that are more senior and, and not. But yeah, I mean and, and we made that was a commitment. We came out of the holidays last year where the business grew and we didn't have enough capacity to process everything in one day. And so from the day we got through the holidays last year, that was the number one priority is to do that and, and we'll keep doing that. On a,
0: on a similar note, you guys you guys buy like do you you don't take consignment from other customers, right? So you get it all from Supreme.
5: Not necessarily, we get it from other people as well. Okay, so is there an authentication? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. We, we buy from loyal people, so from people who's been coming to the shop for years. Uh-huh. So we'll always be authenticating the product. She knows her product very well. She's been collecting. So if it doesn't pass her eyes, it's not going anywhere.
0: That's dope. It's dope there's just like a curatorial eye left, you know? It's not like a... I mean, no, no disrespect to an army of fifty people, but it's great that she is like still the. Right,
1: I, I, like I said, I'm here to hire, so when you're, done
0: there, you're <laughs> the head, the head authenticator in charge. All right, I think we have time for a couple more questions. Yeah, I mean, pass the mic over, sure.
6: It's uh, uh, my, my English is bad. I come from Panama, uh, okay. country. Festival. Okay. But I want to ask you about the Sean Waterspoon comment about the stock X.
1: Fuck yeah! Keep going.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they uh, he say about the fake stuff that come from yeah from StockX.
1: So so what he's what he's asking about is, is um, Sean Watterspoon well, made a comment uh, on Instagram a while ago, basically saying that uh, he was not a fan of StockX in so many words. Um, well, what it, did he say? I, want to, I don't even know, so I want it, to know exactly what he said. It was some version of, of uh, that he sees a lot of fake stuff come in to round two with, with, uh, from StockX. It's with fake the stock from X, StockX yeah. Yeah, label on it. Yeah, but here's the thing is people make fake StockX authentication tags. Like for, uh, for over a year, people have been making fake StockX authentication tags. And so just because that tag is on something doesn't necessarily mean that that product came from us. And so there's no way for us to, to be able to do that. Um, that ca- he took that down shortly after, and he and I have, have talked about it offline, and, and he recognizes it. I can get how it's frustrating for him coming in where people are trying to, to scam him by, by doing that, but at the end of the day, like, we can't control what someone does with that tag afterwards, and you know that, that's a part of it, so yeah. He took that down. We're, yes. we're cool.
6: Another comment about that is that I sold in, uh, for st- in StockX in, in Panama. Uh, I sold I, I saw it in Panama and 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 and, 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 and yeah, to to United States. But I tried to selling in round two on another store in, in in California and say to me that that same tool was fake. Only because the boss uh, is different in, in other countries. Yeah.
4: Uh, I can't answer that.
6: <laughs> yes. I don't in, know. Other, in other countries the the come different yeah, that's that's uh, there, they are there are labels on boxes that come from different countries throughout Italy, throughout the US. Yes. In the well, LA there's, there's,
3: there's,
6: there's Europe.
1: I don't, I don't have the details of I, I, don't, I don't know the details of what we're talking
6: I, about. But I, I we we can I, can it. it's because it's real but in yeah. that yes. the store done confirmed that that, 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 should, the, that should be real. That is thanks for for Store X. So
1: So, two things. First of all, we can talk offline and and help you about any specific issue. But this is a part of becoming a global company, right? From here, I'm going to Europe tomorrow to we're having a a launch in London to become a, a global company. And to do that, you need to be local. And that's why we're going to London and have an authentication center in London. And then in other parts of the world so we can know and be on the ground, whether it's in Panama or Japan or London and everywhere else. And that's just part of, of becoming a global company to understand yes. that. East we South gotta, North we North gotta North. pass
0: it to another question, I'm sorry. Yeah. But let's go, let's, let's throw one to the back of the room.
1: All, I see a hand
0: all the way up in the back. Yes. Back.
4: My question is for Josh Luber. Um, how come there's not a lot of older stuff on StockX like pre-2014? Like if I wanna buy like a 2011 burgundy box logo, like I gotta to resort to like Facebook groups and stuff. But if I wanna buy like a 2016 box logo, it's it's easier even though it's more expensive to go to your uh, service.
1: Yeah, we, we, have, we create the product catalog, right? We create the product catalog. After that, the buyers and sellers are the ones that buy or sell it. So there's just less of that product in the marketplace. And if we don't have that on our site yet as a catalog, it's just a function of we haven't gotten there yet, right? We have about seventy-five thousand products on StockX, and it just takes a while to, to continue because a human being does that. Like, hu- hu- many human beings do that, in fact, to add those products to the catalog. So it, it's those two things, right? It's just there's not as much liquidity for for older products. Yeah, why By don't the way, you have that's OG also pigeon dogs? Grailed is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if
2: I could jump in there, like yeah, you could is... find that shit on Grailed. you yeah. could find that. And literally, <laughs> you should look on Grailed. <laughs> Anything else you can think of? But will you be can't on get Grailed. authentication. So... Don't go to Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. You'll get scammed. Gra- Grail is better for that unique, long tail, one
1: of a kind, you know, thing. That that StockX is about commoditization. It's about standardization. It's about liquidity. Grail is about the, the unique stuff.
6: Cool.
0: All right. I think we are out of time, unfortunately. But thank you guys for coming out. Big round of applause to our speakers. Hi Fest. Thank you very much again. You're looking out, guys.